Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one artful page of Talmud every day. And I say artful because in today's pages, Kiddushin 47 and 48, we come across questions of, well, arts and crafts. Have a listen. And if you wish, say instead that everyone agrees that the obligation to pay a wage is incurred continuously from the beginning of the period he, the artisan, was hired to its end. And they also agree that in the case of one who betrothes a woman with a loan, she is not betrothed. And here, the case is not discussing a hired worker, but a contractor who is entitled to payment only upon completion of the job. And they disagree with regard to the question of whether or not a craftsman acquires ownership rights through enhancement of the vessel. Is it viewed that the contractor has acquired the item by improving it, and he is then selling it back to the one who hired him? Or is he merely paid for his labor? Herein is a seminal question that I'm sure many of us who are interested in crafts have thought about. When we hire someone, for example, and say, hey, look, here's my um, quilt. Why don't you fix it? Why don't you make it a little bit better? Is that person just hired to work to do the job we're paying them to do or by their labor are they not really improving the item so much as to really you know have some measure of ownership over it it's a deep foundational fundamental question and since i know absolutely nothing about crafts i called our resident arts and crafts expert and the co-host of our new feature on the unorthodox show beautifully jewish hello tani singer Hello, Leo. So here are the rabbis, and they're asking a question that I imagine that you, who thinks a lot about matters of craft, uh, have been thinking about as well. Namely, when you work on something, even something that doesn't, say, belong to you, and you just perform some kind of craft labor, and I know on Etsy and other sites there's a lot of, uh, a lot of that going on, are you just doing work for hire, or by improving something, do you actually kind of acquire it, even if you didn't? own it from the get-go? I guess, you know, to me, when you're putting your hands in something, it almost requires a piece of you um, versus you acquiring it. Like there's a piece of you left in it. Anyone who's ever done anything with yarn around a dog knows that you literally get a piece of your dog in the art uh, of dog hair. But um, yes, I, I think it's fair to be paid. And I think what's most important here is to value craft and art properly. And that too often craft work doesn't get the value that it should and crafters expertise is not valued the way that it should be so i that you're acquiring somewhat something if you agree to beautify it i think the main issue is making sure you're compensated fairly for the effort that you put in now that leads to a whole host of other questions because you know you could say uh and this is at the heart of the of the daf today look i'm just you know here i have here this old blanket and i want to turn it into a chupa say or i i have here this you know little thing and i want to incorporate it into my ketubah some some kind of meaningful thing that people hire artists uh frequently to, to sort of do you could say hey look man it's just a contract sure i'll, I'll pay you fairly for your labor but yeah, this is mine. Or you could say, and this is really something that I grapple with as a, as a human being uh, innately devoid of any and all artistic sensibility, uh, proclivities, or talent. 
you could say once you get this, you know, I know, for example, of people who have sent pieces of old family heirlooms, wedding dresses or beloved family members, ties and stuff like that to be kind of incorporated into the into the family chuppah. You could say when I'm the artisan, uh, I get those pieces of, of cloth and I improve upon them. I'm making something new. Don't don't I own it? I mean, forget the the kind of yes, I was competent for my labor. This is this is not so much a contractual question. This is like an emotional, spiritual question. Is it not my thing, even though I'm just quote unquote only improving on it? I don't know that you're only improving on it, but I, I don't think your thing. I think Baruch Hashem, you have this talent that you could put in and make it a chef who makes the food you eat. You can't get that food back. Like you've ingested it, you've paid for the food. It's food is, is an art and a craft. And um no, you don't you can't you can't keep it, you know. Um, but you should be paid properly, you should be given due credit, um, you should be acknowledged for it. But it's like you have this gift and it's your gift to be to be able to share these skills that you've acquired over time. Again, as long as you're feeling that the value exchange is is correct. Um I know you're very active on, on a whole host of boards, uh, quilting, knitting, etc. Is this a question that that has some actual real uh, life modern day resonance? People ask, well, hey, man, you know, I asked for your help with this and that, but, you know, it's my thing. Give it back. Is that something that you see on these boards? The thing I've been seeing lately that I actually haven't shared with you at all that I think you would really love is actually the opposite. Um, there's something going on. There's there's a new nonprofit called Loose Ends that was founded by two knitters who have experienced loss in their lives and know the feeling that when you lose someone, a crafter, an artist, an artisan who didn't get to finish their work, it's such a great honor to be able to finish it for them. So there's this whole community that's sprung up and it's been getting quite a lot of attention. And I'm actually in the group and watching what's happening. And it's, it's everything from, you know, my mom started the sweater and got dementia to, you know, my great aunt passed away and her wish was to finish this needle pointed toe recover. Um, and they, the community connect families who have experienced loss with artists who just want to finish the work of someone that, was left incomplete. Um, so to me, that's the most wonderful kind of, of giving of your guilt. It's not for ever, certainly a, a very generous gift to give, but to be able to give with your hands and with both hands opened, um, someone who can't ever thank you is, is like the best way to give. What a mitzvah. And Tanya Singer, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you, Leah. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're really going to love the book I wrote. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book, and it's coming out in just a few short weeks. You could pre-order it now at your local bookstores directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is a smile. Once you've pre-ordered the book, take a picture of your receipt, just a snap on your phone would do, and follow the instructions at tabletm.ag slash pre-order. That's 
tablet m like mary dot ag slash pre-order then you will be invited to an exclusive star-studded virtual book launch event and get all sorts of other pleasant surprises as always please go and rate and review take one on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you could get your take one t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little more Talmudic.